1: She's the author of Negotiations, Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today?
0: Well Lloyd, today our show is about talking to ghosts and spirits and angels and other dead people and I was reading Radio TV Interview Magazine and I was thinking about How important it is that we understand that there's many, many things that we don't understand in this universe. And um, I got this book, Interdimensional Communication, The Art and Science of Talking to Ghosts, Spirits, Angels, and Other Dead People by Dr. Heather Ann Harder. And I thought it would be a wonderful show. And there are a lot of links between, you know, really communicating with the divine and, and being centered and and having a peaceful outlook on life to to deal with conflict in our crazy life. And so we're gonna be speaking with this wonderful PhD who has written this book that I found fascinating. And let me tell you about her. Uh, She happens to be from my home state, Illinois, which is great. And uh, let me just introduce you to Heather Harder who has a PhD and has worked for over three decades as a university professor and an administrator And recently she was selected as the 2014 Illinois Reading Council Outstanding Reading Professor of the Year for the State of Illinois. Uh, Dr. Harder has also been featured on hundreds of radio and TV shows across the country on such shows as CNN, C-SPAN, MTV, NBC, and CBS. She's the author of four books including Interdimensional Communication: The Art and Science of Talking to Ghosts, Spirits, Angels and Other Dead People, which is what I've just been just finished reading. And in this book she provides a, a map and techniques to safely explore new worlds and communicate directly with those that lie just beyond our physical reality. And Heather has mastered the art of successfully bridging these two different worlds and she empowers her audience to do the same and I love the the ways that she teaches us ourselves on how to do this and how to protect ourselves as we're doing it. So you can learn more about her and her book at our website at conflicthealing.com and also at Heather Harder H E A T H E R H A R D E R dot com. So without further ado, thank you so much, Heather, for joining us on the show this morning. It's my pleasure to be with you. Well, let me ask you, you know, you're a professor and you have a Ph.D. And how is it that you actually got into communicating with people who are on the other side? Well, you know,
1: first of all, my mother was horrified. She just wanted me to hide this part of my life because she says it completely undoes your credibility. Um, But you can't hide who you are and what you do. And and looking back in my life, I've always been connected. It it has never been not in place. Um, But I wasn't aware of what it was. It was my normal. And my favorite story was when I was starting the first day of second grade. I was six years old or seven years old. Um, First day of school, I'm in this classroom with this teacher that yelled all the time. And I, as a child, I would pass out if someone yelled at me. I was really against yelling. And I can remember very clearly sitting in the class, telling God I couldn't stay in this class. We had to find a solution because I, had, I could not stay in this environment. I knew it was only a matter of time before this teacher yelled at me. So I went, to bed, went home that night, didn't say anything to my parents because I'd already given it to God, woke up the next morning clearly knowing what I had to do, which was walk down the street and catch a different school bus and go to a different school. I got <laughs> off the school bus and told the geez, first adult I found, I'm supposed to be here. And she said, okay, and they sent for my records. And so for the rest of the year, I walked down the street, got a different school bus, and my sister went to the school that we're supposed to. <laughs> um, so, so my confidence, my connection, have been a part of my existence. And I have lots of stories like that. But it wasn't that until I probably um, about 30 years ago that I began to become aware that other people weren't aware. And that's really when I began to um, sort of dissect the process and learn about it in a way that I could teach others. We're all connected. You cannot be alive on this planet without being divinely connected. However, we aren't all in a charge of our connection. We don't know how to use it to its maximum level.
0: And maybe some of us even ignore it, you know. And, and you and I were talking a little bit before the show about what is the difference between intuition and speaking with someone on the other side, a spirit guide on the other side, or a, a loved one on the other side. How do you know the difference between speaking to God, intuition, or speaking with someone who is kind of giving you a message on the other side?
1: Well, or our mind, because our mind is a, uh, sometimes a chatterbox as well and can give us all kinds of stories. Right. And so the difference between um, a divine connection um, and then talking to a source that doesn't serve us or a mental source is very different, and that level of discernment is important. First of all, truth always comes to us in a visceral, physical um, sensation. It's a it's a feeling. It's a gut reaction. It's your heart talking to you. There's lots of physical words that we use to describe the process, but there's always a physical aspect of it. When our mind talks to us, um, and recently we we had the loss, the great loss of Robin Williams where his mind was giving him all kinds of stories about, you know, how life wasn't worth living and, you know, a terrible person. And, you know, and so his mind created stories that, unfortunately, he listened to and, and ended his own life way too soon.
0: Right. And our
1: minds can become very out of, out of whack, out of balance, um, and we need to be able to recognize that mental voice that is never the voice of spirit. But even talking to other dimensions that they're... Just because you're dead doesn't mean that you're nice, or that you're, you know, you are looking out for my best interest. Intuition is the one of the lowest and easiest forms of divine communication. (coughs) Excuse me. And so, the more we can listen and follow intuition, the louder it becomes, the more distinct it becomes. And so, it's a very important first step. After that is a process of beginning. Um, to ask questions. We ask whatever it is we want. And then we be just go about our business and we'll get the answers. The Bible tells us that whatever we ask for, we will receive. Um, and, and indeed, it may come while you're vacuuming the floor or taking a bath, but you'll always get the answer and uh, information you get. It often comes like a, what I call a, a download. Right. Slash. You have all the information that you need, and so, if we learn to ask questions and not make statements, if we learn to be open and receptive and not um,
0: preconceived
1: ideas of what it should feel like or should be like, we'd be, uh, it'd be a much easier connection.
0: You know, sometimes I ask before I go to sleep, you know, when I'm, I ask God for guidance on something or give me the answer on something. And lots of times it'll come like I'll wake up in the middle of the night, you know. <laughs> Like, you know, I'll be dreaming of something. I'm going, wow, I wonder what this means. Or if this. I think this is some kind of a message. So um, that's that's where sometimes I get a lot of stuff is from uh, dreams or I'll wake up and um, it'll come to me that way rather than when I'm, you know, doing something during the day and my, my mind is kind of you know, uh, occupied with something else. But well,
1: during your dream state, you will always plug in. Um, each person on this planet has um, a variety of consults, um, consultants. They can, be, they can be a few or a few dozen, uh, depending on how complex our lives and how influential our lives are. And so at night, you must plug in. It's why when you've done something you're not proud of, oftentimes sleep is very hard because you don't want to face the music. Um, Mm. So when you're plugged in, you often get information. During our dream state is also a time where we often get those who have passed on coming to us, because we have the least resistance to them at that time. We don't, you know, if they walked into our living room, which they could, you'd be shocked and dismayed and thinking you're losing your mind, and you'd have all kinds of very strong reactions, including fear, which is never what they want to induce in us. And so by coming in your dream state, they can still make their presence known and often reassure you they're fine without upsetting you. Right. The other thing that happens in our dream state is we can rehearse important events. And so if you've got something that's significant for the universe, then you may have gone through rehearsals in your dream state, um, much like we'd have fire drills in a school, so that that if a fire happens... We know immediately what to do and how to handle ourselves. And that happens in our in our nighttime as well. So you're, there's lots of ways that the dream time is very important for our growth.
0: Now you refer to talking to dead people as interdimensional communication right. and, and also cosmic or a conscious cosmic communication. Correct. So do you want to help my audience understand what you mean by that?
1: Well, first of all, we function in a third-dimensional world. We are in transition, and many of you listeners, if they're making sense of this, are already in fourth dimension, because fourth dimension is when you begin to realize there's more than just what we can touch, taste, feel, see, and hear, that there's more to life than what's in the physical state. That's fourth dimension. It's a search state. And so if you're out there exploring what else is in the world, you're already in fourth dimension in many cases. And then fifth dimension is where we're going to end up on this planet. So when this whole transformational time uh, is finished, we will be in fifth dimension. Fifth dimension is when you've found the answer. You know that we're all one, that what I do um, here in the Chicago area is going to affect you and affect other people in China affect people around the world. Um, scientists have called it the butterfly effect. You know, when the butterfly flaps its wings... In one part of the world, the weather patterns in another part of the world are affected. It means we're all connected. That's really what fifth dimension is. It's recognizing the oneness of all creation and the interdependence and the interharmony of all. And so, as we move into that, um, when and but there's dimensions beyond fifth dimension. And so when you're talking about interdimensional communication, it means I can talk to people who are in 8th dimension or ninth dimension, who are, don't operate in a physical body or a physical structure. And so it's just talking about being able to communicate beyond dimensions. And dimensions are a little easier to understand if you think about the speed of vibration. If we look at a fan that's, that's still, we can see each fan blade clearly. But as we turn that fan on and up, then all of a sudden the blades, instead of being very distinct um, individual things, they become a blur and look like a solid mass. If we turn that fan blade up faster still, that fan blade would disappear. We wouldn't be able to see it at all unless we were fly, flying as fast as the fan blades, and we could see the fan blades. And that vibrational speed is what determines what we are aware of, what we are perceptive of, what we can see and feel and connect with. And so, by being able to understand the process, I can connect with things that are operating outside my physical uh, reality.
0: Mm. Does that make s- sense? Yeah, it's it, a it, very it, difficult it, concept to explain. So, yeah, no, no, I think you did a great job, especially using the fan analogy. I I want to step back for a second to go back to that fifth dimension. So when you're talking about the fifth dimension, that fifth dimension is the harmony, recognizing that we're all one, right? So is that when we're in the physical uh, world or in the physical body, or is that later? Well, again, the more we understand the process,
1: we understand that every part of life serves the divine. And rather than the term God, I use the divine because we fight wars on who's God. Right, right. You know, you know I just don't think the name of God is as important to God as, as you know, just understanding the yeah. concept of the, the higher, oneness.
0: Yeah, that oneness, um, the higher so power. So when
1: I talk about the universe or, or the divine, yeah. in that process, everything in our world is taught, to, is meant to teach us how to move closer to the divine. Right. Uh, it's part of our growth opportunities. Conflict can be a part of our growth and our lessons. It's how we handle the, con- the conflict that determines the quality of our character and the quality of our life. You know, certainly Jesus in his um, confronting the, the money changers in the temple was, was certainly conflict. He said, this is wrong. I will not stand for it. And he took strong action. Um, And he proved a lesson. So when we don't stand up to things that are wrong, we literally support that behavior. So it's not about moving away from conflict. It's about doing its conflict with love so that when I see a behavior that's not appropriate, then I can take action, but I take it with love. I take it with a sense of higher purpose. uh, And that learning how to confront in a harmonious way is very important. If someone is abusing you, if someone is taking advantage of you, being able to state your boundaries or state your position is extremely important. That's a confrontation. It's face on, it's verbal, it's no games, it's not, with, it's not using unnecessary violence, but it's saying, this is wrong, we need to change this, we need to look at this. It helps you grow in your sense of self and it helps the other person grow in their awareness as well. I call that compassionate Confrontation, but confrontation itself can be very growth-inducing. It's what we do with it that determines the quality.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's interesting that you say that, since my co-author and I have just uh, finished the book that we're going to be publishing for 2015, and it's called um, it's called Couples Fighting for Love, and the subtitle is Finding the Gift in Conflict. And so conflict isn't always about confronting. Sometimes it's about just someone feeling hurt and then expressing that hurt in an angry way, or it's about different perspectives, not understanding each other. So, so yeah, we also believe that conflict is a growth opportunity, and it provides a growth opportunity. And without conflict in this world, none of us would grow. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But, I, but, I look forward to your book. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, we're excited about it. But at the same time, when we get to that level, I know for me, before I walk into a mediation where I know it's going to be very conflictual, that people are in a lawsuit, that people are angry for me so that I can walk in there and be a a presence that is a peaceful presence to help them to get their energy. When you're talking about vibration and energy, to get their energy soothed, I have to put up my golden shields i have to get to the point where i'm centered because conflict is contagious and so i have to put up you know um all my my barriers so that i don't catch it i (laughs) i inoculate myself so that when i get in there that no matter what happens i can help to be that peaceful presence and i think for me getting in touch with the divine as you were talking about praying and meditating and doing those things helps me to deal with that uh, conflict in a gentle confrontation like what you're talking about i call it the velvet confrontation <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because i do have to confront and say what, what you're saying say it in a different way because he or she cannot hear this right now the way you're saying it say what you're feeling but don't Attack that person in a mean way, you know, so I think we're kind of saying the same things that we we do need conflict, you know, uh, uh, even when you were talking about the butterfly, the butterfly can't become a butterfly unless he deals or she deals with the conflict of getting out of that cocoon. Right, right. So I believe me, I know conflict is part of life and it's just how do we get to that point where we can understand that it is that gift in disguise, that it is that opportunity for growth, that it is that, that t- chance to practice um, being honest and open in a very gentle way. Right. But, um, and
1: conflict can also be a mirror for our lessons. Often we don't see what's in our own path, but we can easily see the flaws of other people. Right. And so if we're, if we're really troubled by the other person's behavior or actions or words or whatever, We need to first look at ourselves and see what is it within me that's reflecting this behavior. Yes. Um, Because oftentimes those strong emotions to things are indicators that it's our lesson opportunity.
0: Exactly. Now, in your book, you talk about, um, uh, which I think is interesting, rather than people lumping together angels, spirits, ghosts, poltergeists, dead people, you, you actually show the difference between all of those and angels. So, I I thought that was fascinating. So, could you kind of, you know, because you don't want to talk with the bad guys, you only want to talk with the good guys, right? (laughs) So, kind of explain that, um, what each one of those are and the differences. Well, I, you know, again, in my life, I've
1: done lots of things, including owning and operating a a spiritual bookstore. So, I did that for eight years, and I had lots of, you know, authors come through who were doing various things, and I saw so many people who, like, someone would give them a reading and. It would tell them to change homes or leave their husband, and they go off and do it. It's like, oh, my gosh, no. You never, you know, free will is a great gift on this planet. You never advocate to that to anyone, live or dead. You know, but but um, learning that there are a lot of things outside our physical life that may not be operating in our best interest and is really important. The um, board, for instance, is a stellar doorway, but a lot, it was marketed and sold as a toy so people play with it and in an opening that that very cosmic causeway people have gotten into a lot of trouble understanding the rules of the other world and that there are lots of forms poltergeists are just problem makers they're like the impudent third graders that are always misbehaving um, ghosts are just sort of stranded people who don't know how to really get into the other world or they are so torn by emotional trauma that they don't want to release life on earth so they're really um, anchored to earth when they really need to let go. Those are not the people you really want to be, you know, listening to.
0: Right. Just because
1: someone is a medium and can talk to the dead doesn't mean they're really operating in your best interest. So always keeping your, your ability to discern and set the intention to talk to those who are in the highest realm, who really can give you information that will serve you not as a dictator. If someone's coming from spirit and they tell you what to do, you can be sure they're not of the highest source because uh, those of the highest source would only give you information that would make you think or sh- share options that you may be not looking at so you can make the wisest decisions, but they would never take your ability of free will away. Um, and if something is, or someone is telling you what to do, run really quickly and shut that doorway and ask the angels to block the way and, and don't abide by them. That is not the way those of the highest realm work. And yeah. so I spent a lot of time in the book talking about sort of how to be psychically safe when you're exploring this new world.
0: Right, and how to protect yourself. How about um, for our family members that have passed? Okay, how do, how about that? If they tell you what to do, well, my sister
1: always you told me to what to, to when do when they're alive. It's not a good idea to listen to them when they're dead. They don't change a whole lot, you know. <laughs> so you know they may be well-intended, but they may not be the best sense of of um, uh, best source of advice. Certainly, listen to them if you get that option, but don't take it as the gospel. For instance. Um, Usually when loved ones come back, it's to help you through the mourning process. They don't want to see you hurt. Every thought you have of someone who's passed over, Mm -hmm. they get. So every time you feel miserable or guilty or broken or sad, they're feeling those. And it's very painful for them, side. If you can imagine seeing your child going through really miserable times and you not being able to help them, how painful that would be as a parent. Well, the same thing happens when people pass over. So the greatest gift you can get to the one that's passed over is to just remember the good times, remember the happiness and the love and the lessons they gave you. Um, I advise people to sit down and write a letter of thanks to anyone who's passed over so they get that information. They will hear you. And if it's important for them to get information back to you, they will, either in your dream state or in an intuitive sense. But I just strongly suggest people not ask to talk to dead Aunt Bertha because dead aunt Bertha may be working on other things. When you die, you don't sit around you know, knitting sweaters. You still have a, an active life. And for them to come back and adjust their vibration so they can make the contact can be somewhat interfering. And so you, wouldn't, you, you don't want to do that. So even though I could ask to talk to, say, my, my mother or father who've deceased, I ask to talk to or about them. And I will get updates as appropriate, but I don't necessarily pull them away from what they're doing.
0: I remember one time my husband um, was had a dream that his mother came to him and he you know after she passed and he said, Are you all right? She goes, Yeah, but I don't have time to talk now, I have to go to class yeah.
1: <laughs> and, You know, that gets me chills. Exactly. There and in I have another book called Exploring Life Last Frontier, The World of Death, Dying and Letting Go. And in that book, I take three people who are alive and follow them through their death experience. Mm. And so it gives you very specific things what these three people did as they moved through the developmental phases of death. Um, one was a teenager who was killed in a, by a drunk driver uh, and the daughter of a friend of mine. One was my mother who um, passed away from cancer. And another was a co-worker from work who passed away um, very suddenly in midlife um, uh, unexpectedly. And so it takes those three people talks about what they were like in life and then follows them through the death experience because what happens to you in death is very much predictable based on what you're like in life. Mm. My mother was, was really, she was from Scotland and homesick all the time. She hated to be gone from Scotland. When she was in Scotland, she hated to be away from us. And so she was always homesick. Well, when she died, she really ran the risk of becoming earthbound because she really hated to let go And so it's really important that you deal with your issues, including your conflicts, uh, and face them all so that you get that all cleared up. So when the time comes that you pass, you pass in peace and you move through your experiences um, easily.
0: And how about coming back? Like you talk about, well, you know, that you have these, if you haven't gotten through everything, what about reincarnation? What are your thoughts about that? Well,
1: um, life is a great continuation, and I'll go to YouTube and, and YouTube some of these stories of kids who are three and four, and they talk about their, their past life experiences, um, and you only have to hear a few of those stories to recognize, oh, there's a lot more to life than what we acknowledge, and certainly reincarnation is one of those um, experiences that we're, we're a part of. If you don't finish your experiences on Earth, you can come back and work on them again, um, you also may go to a different planet that has a different set of lessons, sort of a medioplast class in love, for instance. Or right now, as Earth going through a transition, a lot of people who are dying in a very limited mindset of um, racial violence and hate and, and bi- all those kinds of things, they're going to reincarnate another planet that's similar to Earth but programmed for these more base lessons. They will not be coming back to Earth. Earth will move to a new set of lessons. Um, But certainly many of the things that we go through in this life are based on some of the experiences we've had in other lifetimes that we're still working
0: through. Right, right. We don't have much time, but I have one last question for you, and and I know people will want to get a hold of this book. I just want to mention again, Interdimensional Communication, The Art and Science of Talking to Ghosts, Spirits, Angels, and Other Dead People by Dr. Heather Harder. Um, Heather, so just in closing, what is just maybe one important thing that you want our audience to remember?
1: Well, that you are connected. You are much greater than you can imagine, much more powerful than you can imagine, and the goal is to learn how to handle that connection, um, not really to start it learn to listen
0: yes learning to listen is always important even when we're on this planet with real live people right meditation (laughs) reflection
1: all those quiet activities can help you open those listening doors
0: yes yes and i just i just love this one thing that i wanted to add when you talk about Um, communicating with the other side and and with people I've done. You said, first, pray for guidance, ask for protection, allow and trust that it is given. I love that. So you just give us your website, and it's time for us to go.
1: Well, Heather Harder, and that's with a D, H-E-A-T-H-E-R, H-A-R-D, as in dog, E-R.com and the book is available as well as some other information about me and
0: other things I do. Oh, well, it's so wonderful to talk to you. Thanks so much, and you have a wonderful morning. It's
1: been my joy.
0: Okay, bye-bye. You've bye-bye. been li- You've been listening to KUCI, 88.9 FM and Irvine, and KUCI.org. On the net, I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m., right here on KUCI and visit our website at conflicthealing.com where you can listen to archived interviews, download podcasts, write us about what's concerning you about conflict now. Thanks. Bye.
1: in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.